Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Minute back to throw. Pressure coming. Lots of pressure. Gets away from it all. Now he's running downfield and throws it deep to the corner of the end zone. I got it. It's caught. Touchdown, Miami. Oh my gosh. That's unbelievable. Chris Myrick Chris on the touchdown. Myrick, and what a throw <laughs> by Sinnott. <laughs> what is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Miami Dolphins fifth quarter postgame show. Seth Levitt and OJ McDuffie are here with me. I am Travis Wingfield. Guys, we just watched our first ever Dolphins game together, and Big Seth. I was ready for a boring preseason joke here, but we all kind of <laughs> lost our collective minds in the booth after that game. Who would make a touchdown. boring preseason joke? Not you, never you. Reed Sunette to Chris Myrick, 34 yards, and the Dolphins win. Seth, what do you think? Reed Sunette out there, man. Listen, the guy, he had to play the whole preseason game, right? And, and you know, probably excited, Juice, for a guy like that to get a chance to get that many reps. But, man, oh, man, he fought to the bitter end. And you're right. He finished the preseason strong, and we're in here celebrating and enjoying this thing, (laughs) not just because the preseason is over, but it was a fantastic finish. Yeah, and I love Reed. I love this whole story, man. And, you know, you think about it, man, quarterback situation for the Miami Dolphins looks like it's in pretty good hands, right, Big Seth and Travis? I agree. We talk about Tua, you know, and then we got, of course, we got Jacoby. We also got Senate to win it, you know what I mean? (laughs) I like that. Yeah, that's a a hell of a finish, man. And, and, you know, and, 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 and to take a wallop at the end of that too, man. Great job, man. That was fun to watch. I was glad to hear his parents correct the pronunciation on his last name because a lot of folks were calling him mm. Sinet. It's Sinet, so Sinet to win Sinet it. Sinet to win it. It works. That's that's the perfect segue for that. He goes 22 for 33, 343 passing yards, oh a pair God. of touchdowns, <laughs> and a pick. And like you guys mentioned, I mean, no Tua Tungavailoa, no Jacoby Brissett juice to come out here and just deal like that. I mean, what does that do for his confidence or for the future of his career in the NFL? I mean, this is a game where you got to make an impression. He sure did that. Yeah, I think it does a lot. You know, for one, confidence is one thing you know these guys don't have done so much work together uh you know i know he's done a lot of work with kurt merritt you know i know he's worked some some, some more other times with some of the other guys man but you know everybody works so hard and but not everybody gets these opportunities so when you get these opportunities you do what reed did today and you take advantage of it, man you get out there and no matter who you're playing with or who you're playing against you, know, you, you make the most of the situation and that's what he did today and you can tell these guys have done a lot of work in the offseason together it didn't look like I mean, I mean, you look at the penalties, you look at, you know, the false starts or anything like that. Everything looks like it was similar to what we've seen from our starters. That's a fair point. Which is, uh, which is good as a testimony to how well coached this team is and how well these guys pay attention to, to details. So uh, it was fun to watch, man, no matter what. Anytime we get a win, and we joked about it before the game was over, you know, Reed's going to be sore tonight. <laughs> he is. He's going to have a long plane tough ride plane home. Ride. It's going to be a tough plane ride home. It's got to be feeling be, good, though, go, You feel a lot better with a win. And everybody else feels – how about the guys that didn't play? How are they feeling right now? You know, they were <laughs> jumping good. around. They were jumping around in their shorts and T-shirts. They're going to have a fun ride home too, man. So it's always good to win no matter what. Preseason, regular season, postseason. Getting a win, getting on a plane, especially on the road, it's, it's such a great time. Seth grabbed a photo of our the boss man, Jason Jenkins himself, on the sideline right <laughs> behind the play there behind Chris Myrick. And he kind of had the stern look on his face like, is that a touchdown? And then he saw the touchdown, threw the arms up. And that was really the entire Dolphins sideline all game, Seth. I mean, we, we – sat here and watched it early on. I saw Christian Wilkins and Raekwon Davis barking and Zach Sealer getting pumped up over there. When you're on that sideline in a, a preseason game with all the starters, maybe this is more of a juice question, but you've, you've participated in this yourself. Uh, <laughs> in, a, in a different capacity, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but in a certain sense, I mean, it's, it's a different a different 
approach a different environment when you're in these exhibition games. But the juice is still there, right? Yeah, look, 60% of the roster just wants to get into the regular season, right, Juice? They want to get out of this thing. Obviously, there's guys here that are fighting for their dreams and their careers, uh, whether it's here with the Dolphins or with another team. But, uh, you know, everybody – well, it's a little different this year because there's no no overtime, which I think the only thing better than shortening the preseason from four (laughs) games to three games was having no overtime as a part of that as well. But, uh, you know, either way – Everybody wants to go home with a win. And this is a budding rivalry, the Dolphins and the Bengals, right? This is a kind of a budding rivalry for different reasons. But what a great finish. And you're right. I think that that just puts the right cherry on top of this preseason for this Dolphins team from the last guy on the roster all the way up to, you know, whoever you want to say is the lock of all locks on the team. And, O.J., we'll get into this later on in the, in the show, but, I mean, we, we kind of noticed it was a little bit chippy out there. And I, I wonder, you know, 35 Miami Dolphins did not dress and play in this game. And Seth talks about there this Dolphins-Bengals rivalry. Maybe it's the orange colors or something. I don't know, the fight for the orange <laughs> color. But they, they get heated every single time. Last year we saw head coach Brian Flores go out onto the field and defend his guy. And, you know, I wasn't too happy with it as a person that loves this football team and to see those guys kind of taking those shots at our punt returner. But, I mean, is that a big reason why you keep your guys in the sideline as far as this last preseason game goes? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different reasons. I think more importantly, I think, Travis, we, we've seen enough in those first two games of the guys that we love. And there's some guys that hadn't gotten a lot of work that need to get some work today. Um, you know, you know, seeing guys like Jalen Phillips out there. So I, I did see a couple of guys out there a little longer. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But, you know – no matter what, you want to leave everywhere you go with a win, uh, with a W. You know, you, you, you sit there and you say, well, we're just trying to get better today. You say all those things that, you know, coaches and players say. But bottom line is, 29-26, you want to get out there with a win. You know, and I think that that's, the, that's one of the most important things. And, and you have to teach your players and your team, your organization, how to win, whether it's preseason or not. Some teams, so many people are so used to just whatever – learning how to win and knowing how to win and not being ex- not accepting a loss is huge. So no matter what it is, these guys going out there in the preseason and playing their hearts out and, you know, playing for whatever, whether it's for the Miami Dolphins or the other 31 teams or or anything, you, know, you can see it. You know, and I, I, I love seeing the – what I love seeing was the guys that have quote-unquote made it feeling great about the guys that went out there and, yes. and laid on the line today, man, because they all they they all struggle and they they grind it out, you know, for the last few months and you know, together. So to see somebody in their position or see somebody on their team, you know, go out there and play well and make a big play, that's what I love seeing. Grown men out there enjoying their teammates, their friends, their buddies succeed out there. Seth, did I finally get you into the preseason action here? I mean, we talk about the excitement. It's pretty fun today. It's pretty fun when you know the preseason is over, Travis, and I I agree with that. But, Juice, you know what you were just talking about, so I I can't imagine, you know, maybe your rookie year is the number one draft pick and you wanted to earn the you know, respect. He, he throws that number one draft pick in <laughs> I mean, every that's single a fantastic – right, how many people get that opportunity in their life? <laughs> I'm not saying it in any negative capacity, but maybe that rookie year you were trying to get that love even in the preseason from, from the veteran guys. But pretty quickly you became the vet that was cheering on the guy who was 8, 9, 10th on the roster or whatever it might be in the preseason. What did that mean to you when you saw one of the young receivers – uh, making big plays in the preseason. You know, how much did you get excited and jacked up about that? And did they earn your respect when they went out there and balled out? Yeah, you know, these guys, man, it means it, it means a lot to the veteran guys to see, the, you know, the young cats go out there and do well, you know. Because I remember when I was that young cat, I remember Urban Fryer, you know, coming up to me. And I remember, you know, Brian Cox and uh, Lewis Oliver and these guys when I had a touchdown in the preseason my rookie year or a punt return or a kickoff return, you know. And you see that love. And, you know, you just want to – honestly, these young guys want to make sure that they're noticed by some of the guys that have kept kind of made it in the league or that they're, that are starters in this league, man. And that you, your hard work is, you, seems like it's starting to pay off. So, you, when you look up, man, when I – my first touchdown I had in the NFL – was a, a kickoff return against the uh, Atlanta Falcons. And, you know, I didn't know. My, I, I, I promise you, I'd just gotten taped up the week before by a bunch of veteran players, you know, and thrown in the cold tub. So I thought they <laughs> hated me, right? So I take this kickoff back against Atlanta, and who are the first guys that meet me in the end zone were the guys that taped me up. So I say, okay, they do like you me. I'm good. I'm good. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I, I understand what some of these young guys are going, going through when they go out there and they make good plays. 
and they see the, the veterans and the guys that are starters uh, appreciating it as well. Now, Travis, the part that he left out is that he almost missed the plane oh. on the way on the way to the trip. <laughs> so it's a good thing you did that. You had a little extra motivation, Juice. I did. I did. It was Terry Kirby's fault. We'll leave it at that. I missed my first bust in my first game. <laughs> right. So, hey, the rookie mistakes are abound here on the How on about the yeah, He show. won up you, Juice. He missed the first bus and took the Uber with who? Oh, I don't know. Hall of Famer Jason Taylor. Right. It might have been a dream come true. A happy accident in that in that sense. We're going to have stats, press conferences, game balls, talk about the bubble guys that you guys thought impressed the most in this game. I also want to get OJ's take on the approach to the preseason this year because we talked about it, Seth. Copycat league, right? But there's nothing to copycat this year because it's all new for everybody. So we're going to talk about all that here coming up on the Dolphins' fifth quarter postgame show. You also will hear from head coach Brian Flores on tonight's game. Again, the final score, Dolphins 29-26 to finish the preseason 2-1. and one. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network. In season or off season, you and your car make a great team. Take care of it with Chevron with Techron for unbeatable cleaning and mileage. It's a winning play. Chevron together ahead. And we come back from this break, OJ. We talked about this a lot throughout the course of the day because we're trying to put together a show here for a third and final preseason game. And this used to be kind of what you would see in the fourth preseason game, right? Where all the starters are in their ball caps and they got the sunflower seeds. We talked about that already. But I was curious to get your take on this because we noticed some guys having some good play, some good moments, some guys having some not so good moments. And I kind of told you about some of these guys having really strong training camps. I wanted to get your take on this about how coaches or even the guys on the, on the, in the locker room on the playing field will kind of weigh what they see in these exhibition games where it's only these four, and, and now in this case, three days out of the entire month compared to those 20 or maybe even your day, the two days where you have 40 practices in the month of August. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, it's, it's really interesting because you, you never know how a coach um, you know, looks at evaluating a player. But you do want to, what you do want to see is you want to see if guys go out there and work hard and practice, but you also want to see if it translates and, and moves into a game situation. And sometimes it doesn't. Some guys, we've seen some guys that don't practice for crap, but then they go out there and they're ballers on game day and vice versa. What you don't want to be is a guy that really has great practices and then when the lights are on, you don't shine like you should. And that, you know, you got to be able to, on game day is more important than anything, obviously. So, I mean, you can show as much as you want uh, of potential in practice, but really, really counts, you know, when it, you know, we got the uniform on with your name on the back of it, you know, and everybody's, you know, there's no more like the defense is wearing aqua and the offense is wearing white. You're on the same color. That's when it really needs to shine, man. So I feel bad for guys sometimes that you see them have great training camps, but then every single time they get an opportunity in the preseason games, they don't shine or they get beat or they drop balls or whatever, man, because, I mean, depressing. They are pressing, and, and I get it. It's their livelihood. Their lives are on the line, man. Their dream is on the line. What they grew up as a kid thinking about is on the line, man. So it, it is important to show in practice, but you also have to show that when game day comes, the lights are on, that you can be that same guy. It's the biggest high-stakes business there is, really. I mean, guys, you talked about fighting for jobs, coaches or players or otherwise. It's high-stakes stuff, man. And, you know, Seth, we talked about this a little bit as well, about this, this third preseason game and the Dolphins kind of get here Healthy, health, healthy enough, I think, to head into New England week one. And we got out of it today with not really anything serious, I think, as far as injuries go. But what, what's your take on this as far as how the Dolphins kind of came into this preseason? Because, you know, OJ talks about it. I'm thinking about maybe in his time before the Twitter days, you didn't have the play-by-play <laughs> Travis Wingfield training camp updates, you know. <laughs> and you had only the, the three or four preseason games to go off of. But now you got these daily camp reports, so fans are getting a hold of that. But back to the main point, you know, we saw a lot of teams around the league this week play a lot of their starters and main right. guys in this third game. What did you think of the Dolphins' approach to really get the unload the clip, so to speak, in those first two games and the rest guys here in week number three? Yeah, well, you know, going back to what you said and it being a copycat league, it's kind of fascinating to to see every team did it a little bit differently. And so I think that was a little bit interesting, and it'll, it'll be even more interesting to see how that develops from year to year. But uh, look at me trying to find something interesting here in the preseason. <laughs> you, you know, I don't want to say you brought me all you. the way I'll over to the dark side, Travis. <laughs> but, you know, look, I, and Juice was saying this after last game. I've seen enough of him. I've seen enough of him. Get him out of there. And, and I, I like what Coach did. And, and it was fun to see some of these younger guys. It really is. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more later. It's going to be hard to make this team. It's a hard, this is a harder roster to make than it's been in a few years. And, uh, and so it was fun to see some of these guys get some extra work. There were some guys that we wanted to see and maybe some guys that we didn't see enough of. But I, I agree with the approach, not that Coach Flores cares if I agree or not, 
But, you know, why risk it? Especially there are some starters that have been banged up throughout camp. And, and I like that we have this extra time between the end of the preseason and the start of the regular season. It's a little bit different than what we're accustomed to. And let these guys get healthy for when it matters most. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, and the little things, you know, it takes – honestly, you get banged up early in the season or, or, or late in camp, it is a tough deal trying to get, get back to healthy, you know, because you really need time. And there is no time in the NFL. There's no, you know – 30-day or 60-day DL like right. you get in baseball or, you know, 10-day you get maybe in basketball because they have 82 or 180, you know, 182 games. When there's only 16 or 17 games this year, yep. every single week is so critical. So if you get nicked early, man, it's a monster to deal with all year long. And nobody wants to be in the training room all all year long in the training room. Not anybody who's going to make the team. That's morning, sure. afternoon, evening. I remember when I got hurt late in my career, they were coming to my house for a fourth treatment. <laughs> yeah, the you night treatments? I mean? Yeah, I had the night treatments, man. So I'm like, damn. So, yeah, getting banged up right now. And you said it best, Seth. What's best for these guys now is the amount of time they're going to have between that opening game. And some of the little injuries, Travis, are going to be able to get taken care of or at least minimized as much as possible because they'll have so much time to get that work in. Now, you'd take the, on, the on-call – house call treatment nowadays, wouldn't you? Oh, I definitely would, man. <laughs> they're not sending it out, though, now. Not, no, no, they're not. <laughs> they're not coming knocking at 81's door <laughs> these days anyway. But, you know, I, I wanted to look at something here because around the league, we talked about this a little bit before coming on the air, that a couple of prominent running backs went down this preseason, and they're going to be lost for the entire year. And these young guys, too. J.K. Dobbins just yesterday lost for the entire season. Travis Etienne, the first-round draft pick of the Jaguars, he's gone. And then Cam Akers from the Rams, we see them replace him with a, a new running back they traded for and Sony Michelle from the Patriots. So I think it's a good thing the Dolphins were able to get to this point, get their guys valuable work. It seemed like that rep count number, the magic number was about 70, 80 reps for some of these guys. I mean, we saw the first team offensive line play a good chunk of, of the preseason. And, you know, Seth, I think you talked about this in the previous segment. Penalties were low and the Dolphins right. yardage domination for every all of these games. And, and, you know, we talked about this as well with how the Dolphins' threes started the game against the Bengals' ones, and I think they're twos on defense in this game. But Miami held their own against those guys. And so when they played Atlanta with our ones and their twos and threes, it was a rough shot, you know, run up and down the field. Indeed. But they, they showed up today, didn't they? They really did. It was impressive to see. And, and look, some guys were saying our third team, but there's, there's some decent players that were out there playing or some young guys that we have high expectations for. And uh, it, it was great to see. It was great to see the want to, and it was great to see, like you said, that they could hold up against guys who, who are going to have jobs. They're, you know, they, they're not just playing against other guys that, that may not be playing in the NFL this season. So it was really great to see. And I love that you talked about the penalties or lack thereof. And it just, you know, and Juice mentioned it too, that it, this is a Brian Flores coach team. Yep. I mean, this is something that's important to him. He does not like to give up. It's hard enough to stop offenses in this league or, or, or you know, to, for your defense to, to do the things that they need to do. But when you give up yards, when you give up yards and, and you're just giving them away because you're, you're not disciplined, I, I imagine that's got to be a tough pill to swallow for this coaching staff. And they don't have to swallow it too often. So it's really impressive that it doesn't matter who's out there, that they, that they understand those fundamentals, Juice, and that they stay disciplined. Cumulatively in three games for the Dolphins this preseason, 11 penalties, less than 100 yards of yeah. penalty yards. So it's insane. It, it, with, with 90 guys, 80 guys in the roster, you think you'd have more procedural yeah. penalties yeah. or just things things that you got to iron out, communication kinks. I tweeted about this at practice the other day. They had a snap that the Dolphins lined up and put the crowd noise on for the first rep of practice, and the, the snap went flying over to his head. And I, I tweeted about it, and fans were telling me, oh, terrible sign. I said, no, it's not a terrible sign. Get it out right now. Let's, right. let's do it right now, right? Juice, like this is a time of the year where you kind of iron some of these things out yeah absolutely you know and I remember when when coach Flo first got here I remember that wall the TNT yep. wall that takes no talent that's one of those things that takes no talent to stay on side you know know the snap count you know um you know just things like that the little penalties that that kill you put you behind the sticks but yeah you're right man crowd noise is, is I used to love the crowd noise part of everything man. that was so much fun to even you know, see what they were pumping in. It made no sense. It didn't sound like any crowd I ever played against <laughs> or played at, you know. But at the same time, though, you know, when you're looking at going on the road for that first game and it's going to be loud, especially in the third down or tough, tough down situations, get that out of the way is right. Get all that stuff out of the way and work it. You're not going to just show up on Sunday and be able to handle that sort of thing. So get it out of the way and practice right now. Um, no matter how many veterans you have or guys that have done it before, you know, you still have to work all those different situations. I'm, I'm starting to help, Coach, like, 
a high school football team right now, and I'm amazed at how little they do in terms of those little things. But I said, look, I watched the pros practice. They do so many of the little things over and over and over again. So it's like second nature. And I said, at this level, we have to do it in high school for sure. But to see the pros do it and practice that stuff over and over again because it becomes second nature and you don't have to worry about those things moving forward. Seth, you, uh, you're a big body language guy for, for coach. And anybody that does press conferences, you like to pick up on that stuff. I had a question for him once. And anytime you ask coach a question, for, for me personally, I'm always hoping I get <laughs> that like that twinkle in his eye where he realizes that's a good question and it gives me a good answer. What do you think your batting average is on that? I hope, I'm hoping 500. Okay. okay. Half and half would be good. Okay. I feel like I'm about in that range. Right. But this one, we were, we're up in Chicago, and it's a makeshift press room for, for me and a couple other of the beat guys. And I asked him a question about what do you change up on these joint practices and I could see the look in his eye when I said, what do you change up? And he was like, Travis, we do fundamentals, we do techniques, we do alignment assignment, we execute. And I was just like, all right, yeah, I, I learned my lesson there from coach. So <laughs> they, like you said, they practice it and they execute it, Seth. Yeah, I, I mean, and it shows. Yeah. It shows in the results. I mean, that, that's really what it is. And if we've seen nothing from Brian Flores in two seasons plus one preseason, it, it's he is a consistent individual who has – he has his process. You know, we hear trust the process, trust the process. I think at this point we have to. You know, he, he's done nothing but improve this team, this roster. Uh, every year, every day, that's been, you know, that, that's been his mantra. And in all those little things, that's that could be what? One, two, three wins a season, Juice? Yeah. That could be, uh, you know, a few points a game. All those little pieces matter. Yes, you need to have the best players. Yes, you need to hit the home runs. We talk about it all the time, you know, and the things you need to do to improve the, the, the roster, have a great game plan. But you can't give away yards, points, and ultimately games because you're not fundamentally sound or you're undisciplined. And we've seen that here before, right? And, you know, without going into who, we have <laughs> seen that here before under different regimes. Yep. Uh, and, and so far, that is not something that you're going to see with Coach Flores at the helm. I, re I remember a previous coach saying, you can't blame the penalties on the head coach. And it's like, well, who, who do you who want to blame yeah. Who said that? <laughs> who are you going to blame him on? So we got who plenty, would say that? Uh, I'm going to take your plea the fifth option on this one, Seth, going that, with that route here. But we have plenty more to it's come early. here on the Dolphins' fifth quarter postgame show. We're going to get to surprise guys that played more reps tonight than we thought, give out some game balls, hear from coach, and plenty more of that. Again, the final score from Paul Brown Stadium. Dolphins take it 29-26. to You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. This is the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. You're listening to the Dolphins on the Joe WQAM with Joe Rose and Zach Kranz weekday mornings from 6 to 10. Have an extra couple of minutes? Try Totina's Pizza Rolls in the air fryer for extra crispy deliciousness. Mmm, those crispy bite-sized mm. poppable bursts of pizza. <laughs> Totino's Pizza Rolls. It's Totino's or game over. And guys, we ended last segment talking about some guys that surprised us as far as what they did on the field and their production and the Dolphins as a whole getting out of this preseason relatively healthy, relatively productive, and focusing on those fundamentals and techniques. But I wanted to come to something else here we talked about earlier in the show, OJ, because you had said you were surprised to see, as we're watching this game in the third quarter, Nick Needham still on the football field, a cornerback who's played uh, over a thousand snaps in his career through two seasons. You surprised to see Nick Needham out there that long? Yeah, I was. I really was because you know you look at all the guys. You talk about what you say, thirty-five guys didn't even put on the pads today. It's crazy, you know. And I thought Nick might be one of those guys as well because he's kind of proven himself to be our nickel quarter dime guy on the inside. But uh, I thought if he was going to be out there playing a lot, he'd be playing more on the outside to get some work there. But yes. the fact that he was working that inside slot, which he's, I think he's, I mean. He's gotten, in my opinion, so much better inside. He seemed like he's always been a guy that's kind of been in position not making plays, but the first couple games, I thought he'd shown as much as a lot of the other starters have in those positions. I agree, and the fact that he got so much burn today, you know, hey, I, like I said, and flow I trust, but I was shocked to see Nick out there so much playing his natural position for well over a half, you know. Um, I thought he'd earn that. That that, that T-shirt and shorts and ball cap and sunflower seeds. But, uh, I wonder hey. if he thought so. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Unless he did something all week and coach like, yo, you know what? You're going to get some worried. I, who knows what happened? You know, he might have got a little doghouse. But I, you know, I don't want to speculate. But, no, he actually out, went out there, had a few tackles, made some plays. But sometimes also you want to 
bring some type of stability to that secondary too. Mm. So if you got a whole bunch of guys that haven't played together, it's nice Somebody to have a guy to like Nick that to. knows everything that's going on out there. Can probably get guys in the right position, make the right checks, help them with that stuff when you got a bunch of young guys out there. So it could go a lot of different ways, but I was really shocked to see him get so many snaps. You, you think he might have been making calls out there? He could have been a secondary helping him out or, you know, safety, whoever else could have been making the calls and maybe Nick could be correcting them if they're, if they're not <laughs> the right calls, you know. But, you know, you got to give those guys those opportunities uh, to make those plays and hopefully they make the right ones. Yeah, I was wondering the same thing as soon as you brought it up. And I just didn't know. I know we run a lot of defensive backs in this defense. So I just – but, you know, that's – as you said, it's probably our number three guy, you know, by, by a long shot. So uh, it, it was surprising to see him there. But what I love to see, Juice, was he wasn't playing like he thought he should have the shorts yeah. and the T-shirt. He was playing like he was trying to make the roster. Yeah. So, yes. so that's impressive to see from a guy who's had such a great That's game. how he always plays. Yeah. Yeah, that's why he's on this team. Exactly, exactly right. Exactly right. Exactly right. And you know, you talk about Nick Needham. I'm, I'm thinking about this press conference from Coach Flores a couple of years ago when he had a kind of back and forth with one of the media members who mentioned Nick Needham's comeuppance, as it were, as an undrafted free agent who had a couple of games of production. And it kind of just reminds me of his management of the whole perception around a player because he does not want guys reading their press clippings juice. Mm-hmm. He wants to keep them hungry and motivated. And like we said, that's the kind of player Nick Needham is. So it seems like to me, at least, you know, hey, you haven't earned your stripes. You have to earn your stripes every single day, I should say. It's not a, just about coming out here and living off your reputation, right? Yeah. And honestly, man, these guys want to play. You know, I joke about it all the time. There's wait, only... wait, wait, wait. You wanted to play in the last preseason <laughs> well, game? Well, Big Seth, I always joke about it. There's only two fun days, man. It's Sundays and paydays. Right. Man, you know what I mean? So if you've got a chance to strap it up and play in a game, that's that's kind of fun, no? I mean, for I, me, I mean, it sounds like it to me, a guy who would never – I could barely get on the field on an intramural <laughs> game at the University of Florida. But I got – I hold on. You got to tell me that OJ McDuffie back in 1998 or something. Oh, 90, you're talking 98. Okay, <laughs> let's go 94. Let's go 94. Yeah. That if they were like, hey, Juice, this is the fourth preseason game. You know, it's the third quarter of the fourth preseason game. Get out there. Go get them. You'd be like, yeah, go, all right, coach, I'm in, I love it. Right, because I was fifth string wide receiver that year. Come on, <laughs> man. Come You're on. Damn right, let me get some opportunities. Let me get some burn right now, man. Let me let me dust up this dude right. with, the, with the right. Toledo. Nothing, not there's anything we'll wrong with Toledo. With let me story. get him. Though, you, know? you guys talk about having fun. I've stood next to Raekwon Davis. That does not look fun to me at all. I don't want any part of getting out there, 160 pounds soaking wet. But another huge player on this team that came into camp and I could just marvel at the fact that how big he was as a first year NFL player and that I think is on your list here for our surprise players uh, Seth is Jalen Phillips yeah and he was out there a lot in this game what do you think of, of his production and his play today uh, well he was out there a lot and be honest with you I kind of wanted to see more Travis and I, I'm excited about Jalen Phillips I think all of South Florida is right whenever you get the you get a hurricane that becomes a dolphin. It doesn't happen uh, often, probably doesn't happen enough for, for South Florida fans. Uh, and we're, you know, the first uh, defensive line, the first pass rusher, we should say, taken in the draft and uh, comes in with all the tools, all the measurables. And we were excited about this guy. Missed a lot of camp, you know, missed a lot of camp, was banged up. We don't quite know why, what, what it was, and that's just the dolphin's way. But, uh, yeah, I wanted to see more uh, last week. Uh, I wanted to see more this week. Quite frankly, per, I'd love to see him rush the passer. You know, that's what we've come to love about him. I think it's a big reason why he got drafted as high as he did. But obviously there's other plans for him in this defense. There are plans beyond just rushing the passer. We saw him dropping back into coverage a lot, Juice. You yeah. said you'd be licking your chops if there was a 260-pound guy trying to cover you in the slot. <laughs> Please try to cover me in a slot that size, man. <laughs> Let me see if you can change directions like you need to because I know I can change directions, you know. Yeah. It, it was kind of it was, it was crazy about Jalen, too, though, man. As a defense as a whole, we had zero sacks today. You know, yeah. what I mean, we had three quarterback hits and he had one of them, you know, I, I, I want to see more from anybody in that front four, seven, yeah, five. Quarterback. So if you remember last week, though, we really brought some heat. I think we kind of toned it down a lot this year. Well, we got one Sam, guy with four sacks. Yeah, Guavin, <laughs> Sam, Sam Eguavon was, you know, they were bringing him in different areas yeah, and different, different slots. I think we didn't do as much of that this week. Were we a little more vanilla? They weren't. They didn't seem to be running all Until the games. Until that last drive, they yeah. were like, we're winning this damn game. Gotta right. get now we got to get at up. these guys, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do. I want to see more. And I look, I work for a pass rusher. I'd like to see a guy <laughs> pin his ears back and get after the quarterback. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe they know he can do that, and they want to see what he can do in coverage. Uh, again, as you said, in flow we trust. And, and I'm not going to question, especially not on the defensive side of the ball. Right. But I know what I want to see. 
And, and we haven't seen what we believe Jalen Phillips can be yet. And so that's why I didn't mind the reps. And, and yeah. you know, if he was in on that last drive and it was crunch time and he was trying to, trying to help keep the, you know, these guys away from getting that field goal to tie the game or, or get a last-second Hail Mary touchdown, whatever it might be, I wouldn't have had a problem with it because I need to see more of Jalen Phillips. And it goes back to what we talked about with the other rookies and younger players, even even the second-year guys. I, I referred to Austin Jackson, Solomon Kinley, Robert Hunt getting 40 snaps in that first game. That kind of blew me away, but then it set this precedent for, okay, coach has an idea of how many reps he wants all these guys to get. And after Seth's first bit there on Jalen, I was going to ask you, Juice, to kind of play judge on this because I wanted to refute him, but it sounds like maybe you're on that side, so I have an uphill battle for myself here. <laughs> but I did want to come back and mention Seth covered it as well. What did Jalen Phillips do really well at Miami, at the University of Miami, I should say? He was a great pass rusher and a great run defender. He did not play in that two-point stance and go backwards at all, if ever. And so is this, we talked about this in the previous segment, is this a time of year where you kind of come in here and look at what I can refine, what I can work on, and really try to go to work on those things opposed to just showcasing the things that we know you can do? Yeah, you know, we talked about this a little bit before last week when you got some of these guys, some of these quarterbacks that come out of college and the pro teams make them do things that they didn't do in in college that made him successful. So I just think, you know, maybe it's a smoke screen or whatever. I think at one point coming up, you know, Jalen Phillips is going to have his hand in the dirt, firing off the edge, right side or left side. It really won't matter. And he's going to be putting pressure on quarterback. I hope that's so. What, that's what we got him for. You know, that's why you let a Van Noy go. That's why you, you know, you bring in and you keep some other guys that you have on, on your depth chart, you know, to, to play that defensive end or with outside linebacker, but the, your Van Ginkles and guys like that, to put your hand in the dirt and, and you know, wreak some havoc on some quarterbacks. And I think that's what we're going to end up doing with, with Jalen Phillips. So I think that they're testing other things. You know, see if he can see if he can drop back and cover. If he can't do it against the, the Bengals in preseason week number three, then we won't make him do that. Don't put people in position to be unsuccessful. And I think that they were just testing things out. And who knows what they've done in practice in this situation? Right. You know, Travis, you've seen a lot of practice things. You know, maybe they they saw it in practice. And they want to work on it some more in a game type of situation. But we know one thing that he definitely can do, and that's get after quarterbacks. And we'll we'll count on him to do that. Yeah, we're two weeks away from finding out exactly what his role will be in this defense. And that, of course, will evolve as the season goes that's along. That's what I was going to say. You may not what you see week yeah. one may be very different the following week. That's what Flores and Boyer both always say. We don't want to be the same team in December as we are in September, and that goes for every team across the league, of course. But I want to I want to continue on the Jalen Phillips thing. We have a couple minutes here before break. And we'll get back to the sec- segment on the other side. But we talked about this. And, Seth, I, I literally walked from one side of the table over here to over to you to show you a play to give you my own X's and O's breakdowns because there was a rep where – and this Dolphins team so often runs those three big defensive tackles. And they have four of them that are really, really good at it. Right. Christian Wilkins, Raekwon Davis, Zach Sealer, and Adam Butler can all play pretty much any position from the five technique all the way to the nose juice. They can play any spot and rush and run, defend the defend the run as well. And in this particular moment, I saw the three big linemen. It wasn't those three guys, obviously, who were in the, the, the T-shirts and the <laughs> basketball shorts and the sideline. But three other big guys. you run these 280-pound guys head up, and then you can do pick stunts. You can do different games and twists and slants. And there was a rep where Jalen Phillips crashes forward and then loops around the defensive tackle. And that lateral agility, I thought, was really good. But the other play that I noted to Seth was the there was a he had the, the play we had the quarterback hit. He crashes in on the tight end who comes across the formation. It looks like he might wham him on that little dig out block, but Jalen sees it and then takes a step upfield, keeps his eyes on the football, notices play action pass, and gets the hit on the quarterback. And not just that, disrupts the play and gets right. an incompletion. So I, I saw some things that I thought showed some promise. Oh, no doubt. I don't want, no, you know, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that, oh, okay, this is, you know, I'm not even going to go to the B word with bust, but. <laughs> No, I just want to see more. I'm excited. Again, I'm excited to see Jalen Phillips play. That play you're talking about, that's what we want. You know, we want to see more of yes. that. That was not not only what you described in detail and how he managed the tight end, but that closing speed to the quarterback. He got there in a hurry, and I, I forget who was in at the time, but he got rid of that rock. He he wanted no part of Jalen Phillips coming downhill on him, and, and that's what I want to see more of. That's all I'm saying is I'm excited for that. I want to see more of it. Missed a lot of time in the in the preseason, excuse me, in training camp, and because he missed games and missed all that time, 
I want him out there. Yeah. I want to, you know, I'll go back to Coach Flores. You get better at playing football by playing football. <laughs> and so that's what that's why I felt I wasn't as surprised. If nothing else, I wanted more of Jalen Phillips in this game. Yeah, and I think the reps every rep he gets, and I know we're, we're against the break. Every 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 rep he gets in real game type situations is, is incredibly important for him. You know, you can do all you want to do in practice, man, but game reps, there's nothing like it. And seeing a different team, you know, I, I know I hated going against our DBs because they knew every every move I had. So it's good to go up against different teams that haven't seen what you have, and you can go out there and go to work. And it's going to be like that every week, 17 weeks straight. And to drive that point home, week one is not the end-all, be-all. Week one's madness in the NFL. It always changes and evolves from there. So we have plenty of time for Jalen Phillips. Obviously, four years in that rookie deal, possible fifth-year option. That's way down the line. Plenty of football to come here for Jalen Phillips in Miami. Again, the final score today was Dolphins 29, Bengals 26. We'll pause for these words from your local station. You're listening to the fifth-quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. This is the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. This is Dolphins Football on the Joe, WQAM. Listen to Hawk and Crowder weekday afternoons beginning at 2. The Dolphins are back in action, and this season you can be back in the stands to experience it all live. Get verified tickets from Ticketmaster, the official marketplace of the NFL, and you won't miss a single epic moment. And rest assured, if your plans change, Ticketmaster has you covered because selling your seats securely with Ticketmaster is as easy as a few taps. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com slash Dolphins. And we ended that segment, boys, talking a little bit about some of the guys we were surprised to see plenty of. But we also had a couple names on that list from guys we didn't see. And, you know, 35 Dolphins in total juice didn't play in this game tonight. Plenty of, again, ball caps and sunflower seeds in the sidelines. <laughs> Do you think it's a safe assumption to say that those guys that were not involved in the game action, are they on the roster? Are they safe? Most of them are. I think most of those guys are safe. There are some guys that they might have seen enough of and they don't want to see any more of because they might have other plans for them as well. And they might have some guys that actually got all the playing time that they're trying to give them those positions. Um, there are some guys, man, that honestly, that they go out there and, you know, they get these opportunities and, you know, they want to try to keep them healthy. They want to make sure, you know, you know just so, you know, this, this time of year that they don't lose guys with certain injuries. But, they could also have plans for some guys moving on to other teams, Travis. You know, and you don't want to get them hurt in this last game either. You want to protect that asset possibly too. So you just never know the reason and why some guys, you know, don't get the opportunity to go out there and play in this game. And I'm sure a lot of those guys that didn't play, Seth, Seth says that, you know, most of these guys don't want to play. There are some guys <laughs> that still have something to prove out there, you know, and they want an opportunity to go out there and get some opportunities and to, to play today. And so, so wait, there you might think not that be there's some guys that were down that were like frustrated that they didn't get that, go out there and get some reps and to put some more stuff on. Field. Absolutely, absolutely. There's so, like, guys. who? Give me an example of somebody you, you think. Obviously, it's conjecture. There's no, you know, you don't know this for sure. But who's somebody that you would put in that category, in your opinion? Oh, man. Well, not to put you on the spot. Yeah, well, I, put you on the spot. I'll put you on the spot. Anyway. I honestly do not have anybody specific that I would put in that position, but there are some guys that have been, you know, buried in the, on the depth chart. You know, there's some guys that, you know, maybe been, been out, banged up a little bit, didn't get a chance to play in the first or second game. That's for gets sure. to this third game. They want to, you know, go out there and play. You know, it was nice to see guys like, you know, you know, Jared Dokes and, you know, Patrick Laird playing a lot. But there's some other guys that want to probably get some opportunities, too. You know, you look at our top running backs when you look at, you know, you look at Miles and you look at Malcolm and you look at uh, Savon. You know, they're pretty they're pretty locked in. But then you got other guys that are fighting for that fourth fourth position. You know, it might not be as a running back per se, but it's going to be on teams. You know, even guys that didn't get a chance to play in their position, they still need to get on the team somehow to try to make that 53. So there are guys honestly that didn't you know there's some guys that are secure and safe but there's some also guys that need more looks and wanted more looks on game day so that's interesting when you say that juice and i know i was kind of being silly beforehand but now that you say it look i don't think tua was watching reed Senate and saying oh boy i better get my game <laughs> together you know i don't want to lose my spot but there might be some guys i don't know <clears throat> if you're the fifth or sixth receiver if you're the fifth or sixth receiver and you're watching this and you start to see what what uh, Merrick is doing, what Merritt is doing, or, you know, you mentioned Dokes and you're watching that, do you think, well, now I kind of wish I was out there? Is that is is that where you're getting at? Well, I'm thinking, think about our receivers in general. We got a lot of receivers didn't play at all this preseason. Yeah, that's for sure. So you see some of these other guys out there balling out, man. 
these guys, all these guys, and I, I, I go through this a lot on social media with people like, this guy stinks. This guy is terrible. None of these guys are terrible. Right. Thank you. You know, none of them are terrible. And I, that drives me crazier than anything. I'm sure. So when these guys do get opportunities, when you're sitting in the, in the tub trying to make the club <laughs> and these guys are on the field making plays, then you have to start thinking about start it. Start to feel the heat. You have to, especially guys that have been in and out of the tub a lot. you got to worry about some of these young guys that are out there every single day in practice, every single snap during the games. You, you should be a little bit concerned out there. So, yeah, there's some guys that didn't play today for certain reasons, but half of them should be concerned. I think about a guy like Mac Hollins who just completely seized the opportunity that he was afforded this offseason, this training camp, Mm -hmm. based upon Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, Albert Wilson, Preston Williams. All these guys are down, and the Dolphins' offense is clicking on all cylinders without them, and it's because of guys like Mac Hollins that came out and made plays. And, Seth, something we talked about earlier was this – you know, go back over the first two years of Brian Flores' tenure here. I remember 2019 being at training camp. I couldn't pick 53 guys that I wanted to keep on the right, roster. Right. Now I've got 65 that I don't want to get rid of, and it's it's a tougher ras- roster to crack. And so kind of to Juice's point here, I'm looking at some spots like, for instance, two of the guys we didn't talk about was Jakeem Grant and Jacoby Brissett. I thought we'd see Jacoby just because – like you mentioned, Reed played the entire game and good for him, and he balled out. <laughs> He's and, feeling it right and now felt too. Every every bit of it, and then Jakeem Grant, kind of like Juice had mentioned, you know, we talk about this receiving position being so deep. Is there maybe some draft capital within that receiver's room the Dolphins can get in return because they can't keep them all, but maybe they can get some value back in return for those guys. So I thought that was an interesting dynamic. But then just the competitions we saw on the roster. I think you mentioned Jared Dokes. Man, what a big day he had! 16 carries, 56 yards, and two touchdowns. And you know, I'm looking at not just for roster spots, but for work and reps and what situations you get yourself in the game. Because, you know, we've got, again, it's exhibition football. Malcolm Brown's an accomplished back, and and Jared Dokes is a rookie, obviously. But you put those two guys' goal line carries against each other, Juice, to me, one guy stood out and the other guy didn't as much. Yeah, I mean, I tell you what, man. I mean, Jared Dokes, man, being back in Cincinnati, you know, where he played his college ball, man, you could tell how pumped up he was. Seth was at the Cincinnati game I played in. I was back in 95, man. Back in Ohio, man, so you get so so pumped up, man. But those reps are important, man, and, you know, they they notice it. You know, trust me, the coaches are looking at all this stuff. Now, we're down there in fourth and one anywhere or on the goal line. Who's pushing the pile? You know, who's the back we want to give the ball to that's going to get us those tough yards or an offensive lineman that can move somebody that we can run behind? And Jared Dokes shows that he can be that guy that's going to get you, you know, a, a one or two yards when there's nothing there. You know, so you got to think about that when some of these other guys that like are talking about are in shorts and T-shirts or getting some of those reps. You know, another guy that we didn't even talk about who played at the very beginning was Preston Williams. Yes. You know, P-Dub got a little bit of burn, but I bet he wanted to play a lot more and get more opportunities because of what's been going on. Yeah. You know, the young guys that have been fair. playing so much and playing well. You know, you still haven't seen Devontae much or, or Fuller much or Albert much. So I know Preston had to be wanting to go out there and play and play well today even though we didn't hardly see much of him either. Yeah, so I was going to say, they, did they even look at him? I don't, I know. Two, two I, targets, I no receivers. a couple yeah. targets, yeah. So those, man, those, dude, there's some nervous guys on that plane right now. Yeah. I promise you that. There's some nervous guys Especially on that Especially in that plane. position group. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, some guys are okay with whatever, but there's a lot of guys that are like, man, we've worked so hard ever since February and March, and now, you know, come this week, I could be out of a job or playing for somebody else, you know. So it's going to be interesting. Are there some other spots that you guys thought were interesting competitions as far as whether it's for work in the regular season, as far as reps and, and situations you get get the football or you, you get snap counts, or as far as making the roster? Was there some other stuff? Because you, know, you, you mentioned Preston Williams versus Kirk Merritt there. I mean, two targets for Preston, no catches. Kirk had three catches for 72 yards, a touchdown, a 44-yard catch, and he had that almost a second touchdown where he broke a couple of tackles. And you know that's that's been, to me, a continuation of what we saw in training camp from Kirk Merritt. I mean – I know a lot of big Preston Williams fans out there, but personally, I'm not keeping Kirk Merritt off the football team. What do you guys think about his standing and what it might mean for Preston? Yeah, I think I think Kirk's doing a great job, man. He really is, and he's. And here's the thing about it, though, too. I've had some teammates that were all pro in the preseason, sure, training camp and games, and then they get into the the real games, and it's a whole different ball game. <laughs> you know, it really is. You you really don't see as much in you know in the preseason as you're going to see in Week One in New England. You know, and Preston Williams has been there. He's he's played in real games, real life situations. He and produced and produced yes. big time. So, you know, it, it is a, a, an interesting dynamic. But I'm with you when it comes to you know to merit. 
Merritt's earned a spot on this team. He's going to probably be more of a gunner on, on punt team. He's going to be one of those guys that flies down on kickoff team. But we also feel comfortable if we were to go, you know, somebody gets, goes down as a wide receiver, we're comfortable putting him in there. And I'm sure the, the, the quarterbacks are as well. You know, and I know that Jacoby works well with him, you know, because he's worked, worked a lot with number twos. And you see how, how Reed works well with him. So why wouldn't Tua be able to work well with him too, you know? So I think that's a guy that for sure has earned a spot on the, on the roster. There it is. Yeah, I think General he's manager O.J. McDuffie uh, says well, he's putting Kirk I, Merritt I, I on the – We're closer with Chris Greer. <laughs> I'll get the text to Chris. Is, but, yeah, I'm just you – know, But if you I, were picking this team, you, if you were putting it together – Merritt's on the team. And you are a guy who knows a little bit about the wide receiver position. Yeah, and you know, what, you know what else I saw about Merritt, too, is I watched him run routes. He's sharp. He, he's precise with his route running, catches the ball well. You know, things like that, man, that you, you see that a guy that can play the position. Some guys just fast. Some guys just big. When you see a guy that's got some quickness, catches the ball well, and runs great routes, I, that's, I love it. I love watching him work. He won a high school competition. It was a, a Nike Spark Score athletic competition out of high school. He won the whole thing out of every kid in the country that was there. So certainly an athlete. And that practice production is carrying over into games because I'm telling you guys, every single day at practice, like you mentioned, Juice, whether it's Jacoby Brissett, Reed Sinnott, or even Tua Tungavailoa, he did get some work with the ones throughout the course of training camp, earned those promotions, and he, he earned them well. And he produced with all those guys. So to see him make that climb, that to me, it's almost message sending to the rest of your roster to say you put the work in you produce and you get yourself these promotions you're going to wind up getting paid off for it and i think he's going to be one of the guys coming up in our, our segment here the game balls we are kind of working out some, some kinks think, a little bit of the kinks in the preseason for us too we had i think six game balls uh, oj was saying they ran out of damn balls for the team after that after a couple of preseason games but we're going to go one each and then a collective game ball here coming up we'll have audio from coach and the qb reed sinet Senate to win it. Again, the final score, Bengals 26, Dolphins 29. We'll pause for these words from your local station. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network. This is Miami Dolphins football on the Miami Dolphins radio network. This is Dolphins football on the Joe WQAM. Listen to Hawk and Crowder weekday afternoons beginning at 2. Check out South Florida's ultimate entertainment destination with world-class shows at Hard Rock Live. Award-winning dining at Suppresso and Council Oak and much more only at Seminole Hard Rock Hollywood. Let's pause 10 seconds so our stations can identify themselves. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. WQAM Miami, WPOWHD2 Miami, WKISHD2 Boca Raton, home of the Miami Dolphins. Powered by Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys. And Odyssey Station. Again, the final score today from Paul Barrownfield in Cincinnati. Dolphins 29, Bengals 26. We'll pause for these words from your local station. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network. This is the Miami Dolphins radio network. This is Dolphins football on the Joe WQAM. Listen to Hawk and Crowder weekday afternoons beginning at 2. Dolphins take the preseason finale in Cincinnati, 29-26. to And the final drive of the game for Miami was certainly exciting, but it got going early on in the game. A 13-play drive, 74 yards and 7 minutes and 9 seconds off the clock, capped off by a Jared Dokes touchdown run. The Lexus drive of the game is brought to you by your South Florida Lexus dealers who encourage you to experience amazing. And Dokes on that run, he sure powered through some players into the end zone for the Dolphin touchdown. Send it under center. He gives it to Dokes up the middle, pushes toward the goal line, Come on, and he's there in for is. a touchdown. Oh, boy. How about that push on that right side? Plus, the big rookie just puts his head down and says, I'm going to get it in there. The Lexus drive of the game is brought to you by your South Florida Lexus dealers who encourage you to see, hear, feel, and experience amazing. And, guys, that was the... Dolphins third stringers up against the Bengals, a mix of first and second stringers. We talked about that earlier in the show, but Juice, it sure is good to see the guys get out there and compete regardless of the competition. Absolutely, man. It's, it's nice to get out there you know, and, and show what you can do, and it's nice to go out there and show some of our depth at certain positions, especially at the, wide, at the uh, running back position. And Jared Dokes, uh, he's a big kid. Let's, let's be real here. He was he, with a hard head. Yeah, he's, a, he's a big kid, man. And, you know, I just remember seeing some of the stuff around draft time. When we were getting this guy, and I was like, "Well, I've never heard of him." And I started following a little bit on some of the social media stuff, and uh, man, is he? He's a big kid. six foot, two hundred thirty pounds, running downhill and trying to punish somebody. I mean, that, that's good stuff. And that's how you finish the drive. 
You know, you're talking about 13 plays, 74 yards over seven minutes. That's half a quarter. And then punch it in like that. That I bet that's one of the better drives than the, the flow. Flow probably appreciate that drive more than a four-play, 74-yard pass, you know, with, with a touchdown, I'm sure. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I mean, the easy thing would have been to, to pick that final drive with the pass, to, the go-ahead score. But that was workmanlike, and that probably, as you said, executed the offense the way they want to see it run, gave you more opportunities to see guys on film and evaluate them. And, and it also was consistent with what we saw in the first two preseason games with the number ones. You know, those 11 and 12 play, play drives that Tua led. And, and so, so I, I think that that's a great choice for drive of the game. And something we didn't see in that first game was, just as you said, Juice, punching it in once you got inside the five-yard line. Yeah, you know what I love most about that drive? There was really never a bad down-and-distance situation yeah. in there. You know, our worst down-and-distance, I think, was third and eight on that drive, which isn't bad. It's not terrible. A couple of third and sixes all converted, obviously. You know, and you get in the end zone. So playing ahead of the sticks, you know, playing – being on time in terms of your drive and, you know, manageable situations, that's a perfect way to play football right there. Not only that, but you got big guys on the offensive line wearing guys down the other side of the football. And, you know, just imagine that. That's what our, our, our twos and threes there. If our number ones can carry on that same type of mentality, you know, put these long drives together, man, wear some people down, especially down here in the Florida heat. It was yeah. hot in Cincinnati yeah. as well. It was warm up there too. So we're kind of used to that. We're good with that stuff, you know. So we'll, we'll see. I love, I love the way they put that drive together and how they stayed on time with it. Yeah, you know what? And you say that, Juice, and, and Travis, we've been talking a lot about the players, right? We've been talking a lot about the players. But I think we also have to give some credit to George Godsey and Eric Studesville. This is their first opportunity as co-offensive coordinators. What's that going to look like? I've liked what I've seen in the preseason, guys. We're going to come back and get to your guys' game balls after this. Again, the final score was Dolphins 29, Bengals 26. We'll pause for these words from your local station. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 